Hey everybody, welcome to the Health Perspectives Podcast brought to you by Northeast Georgia Health System in beautiful Gainesville, Georgia. I'm your host, Marie Kruger, and today I have some very special guests with me. We're gonna try something a little bit different. We're gonna hear about humans in healthcare and really get to understand and know about the folks that work on the front lines. So help me welcome my guests. We have Kevin Matson with us today. Hey, Kevin. Good morning. And we have Tara Jernigan. How are you? Good morning, doing well. Nursing Executive with Northeast Georgia Health System and Vice President with Northeast Georgia Health System. Um, you both have some very funny and interesting stories about how you started in healthcare, and I want to hear all about it. Tara, you told me that you have a horrible nursing story. I do. It's not, um, it's not traditional. It's, um, the path I took to nursing was just very um, haphazard, so to speak. So. When I was younger, I, I always enjoyed science and I always um, liked people. So I went to college and kept taking more and more science. And my parents were like, are you, you, know, you ever gonna finish? And so then I, um, I married my husband very young and we moved away and then came back to um, Gainesville when he graduated from college and this is where we landed. So then I just said, you know, I really need to finish. So I went to back, um, this is a while back, so I went to um, several colleges and just grabbed the books that you had that you yeah. could go through to look and see what you could be, you know? So I ran through and I just I just sort of picked. I was like, well, I have all these classes and so in two years I could be a nurse. That's what I'll do. I can finish in two years. And so that's, that's how I became a nurse. Okay, <laughs> so there wasn't that divine calling that sometimes folks have. You know, there, there really never was, but you know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of worked out for me. So I was really glad. It was clearly meant to be, but it wasn't something I actually chose. I understand. And Kevin, you know, Kevin wanted to be a, a chef. He wanted to go to culinary school. And, and he could have been a very successful chef. Really? Yes, I, if you've ever eaten any of Kevin's food, you I would have know it. Yes, I need to. It's fantastic. Yes. So tell me about this, Kevin. How did sure. how did you go from wanting culinary school career to being a VP sure. here at the health system? Well, my dad's a chef, and okay. my mother's a nurse, and so I guess inevitably I would end up in one of those fields. Um, but when I was a teenager, I had a chance to tour the Scottsdale Culinary Institute in Arizona, oh. and that was. Uh, very exciting for me and inspirational and um, I was reading a few books uh, one was the soul of a chef that a family member had given me and so um, I knew if I was going to go to culinary school I was going to have to raise the money for it and so at 16 I thought well one of the best paying jobs in Hall County is at the hospital and right. everyone knew that the, 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 the hospital is being you know one of the best employers and so I thought well if I can just get my foot in the door in any role I'll, I'll earn enough money then pay for culinary school and so that was what uh, drove me to the hospital initially. Okay. Yeah. And uh, do you guys work together in, in some capacity over the years? Many oh, times. Yes. Many yes. times. In many different yes, capacities. Yes, in many different capacities. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, so let's see, Kevin, you, you started there. And when did the bomb scare happen? How you met your wife? I'd like to hear about that. <laughs> oh, so the bomb scare happened in... Um, early 2000s, somewhere okay. in that time frame. And uh, my, um, there, there was a, a woman who worked in human resources, her name was April, and I worked in occupational health and safety. And, uh, and part of my role was to ensure the hospital was prepared for disasters, including bomb threats. And so one day we had someone call in a suspicious package in the O.C. Pope building. And so my first thing was to pull the bomb threat plan, make sure I reread it. And sure enough, in the bomb threat plan, my role was to meet Gainesville police at the site of where the suspicious package oh was. And together we would determine if the bomb squad should be called in. So I remember walking into the building with Gainesville police and he was reassuring me, these things are always just, you know, they're just a phony thing. It's, it's, a, it's a near miss or a scare. 
and we got to the basement of the hallway and we saw this dark package and he slowed down his walk and I heard the tone in his voice change. We got closer to it and what you saw was, you know, black bricks wrapped in black plastic and duct tape. And I remember he grabbed my shirt and said, I'm sure that's a bomb. Let's get out of here. Oh my gosh. So we called the, uh, um, the Georgia um, GBI bomb squad. They brought their robot and everything. And so they got the robot in, they pulled the uh, portable x-ray machine out. And about that time, this, this woman from Human Resources called me and said, what are you doing? Did you hear that we've got a bomb threat? And I said, yeah. And she said, please tell me this has nothing to do with bricks wrapped in plastic and O.C. Pope. And I said, that's exactly what it is. What do you know? And she said, those are mine. And I said, get out here as soon as you can. <laughs> so she came out, told the bomb squad. Apparently she found them in a closet. They were used to like weigh down papers at some kind of a health fair. Okay. And so they called the all clear. And then uh, so that later on we, we started talking and then eventually we got married and that's my wife. Wow. <laughs> that is some story. And you've been married for how long? A uh, little over 10 years. Oh, and my gosh. And she does not like for me to tell that story. Well, <laughs> so, it, now it's, it's on film right. for everyone that's to know. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So when, when we were talking, um, something, a theme with Northeast Georgia Health System is that everyone seems to have a mentor some folks that have really helped them kind of propel them through their career. Do you guys want to talk to me a little bit about the mentors that you've had in your, in your career here and what that's meant to you? I mean, you seem to be doing something very different now than bedside, right? right? Mm -hmm. So how did, you, how did that happen? That's a, that's a journey. Um, it, yes, I, yes, it was a journey. <laughs> so, you know, um, I was in, I was at the bedside for, for quite some time, just moved through several different, you know, I've worked in med surge, acute care, and then I've moved to critical care. I was a nursing supervisor, um, nurse manager, and then I, um, then more, more senior leadership, nurse executive track. So um, through the course of that, I w I've been involved in several projects for either renovation or um, the Brazelton Hospital is the, um, the, probably the largest project I've been in so far. So I was part of the team that was able, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to go and help, yeah. you know, design that hospital, start that hospital, staff that hospital um, for a lot of the units. And so through the course of that, um, like you said, several mentors, but I um, was fortunate enough to work with Anthony Williamson. I think we both have worked yeah. with Anthony Williamson. And so, um, He's um, the president of the Brazelton Hospital. And so when we were starting to look at this new Gainesville expansion, mm -hmm. as well as several others, the Lumpkin expansion, where I'm expanding Brazelton, we have an ASC, Anthony asked if I would be interested in this role. And so it's something different, but it was something that um, I didn't have a whole lot of experience, but just enough, I think, to be able to do this. And it's very exciting. So I, I get to work with hospital architects. I get to work with... Um, a lot of the design folks. And I think the thing I like the most about it is it's not just nursing. It really mm -hmm. opens up and it's that team aspect. So yes, we want to have a really great experience for the patient and for the nursing staff, but you know, a lot of Kevin's areas are also brought into that. Mm -hmm. So how, how can we make it good for EVS? How can we make it good for food and nutrition? So how can we really make this project work really well for everybody and the patient and community benefit the most? Right. Gosh, your role has expanded so much. Did you ever <coughs> think that it would you would be in charge of construction no. projects from a nursing perspective? I never thought I would be. I, bedside nursing, you know, once I graduated from nursing school, um, that was really my goal. I just always, I love taking care of patients and sure. I've always enjoyed that. And I've always enjoyed, um, I've been able to teach nursing school various times throughout my career. And I've always enjoyed that too, just watching new nurses come on board and see how excited they are and watching them grow. And, and again, not just nursing, you know, I mean, I keep 
pointing to Kevin, but you know, Kevin was also in that bucket of people who has just really grown throughout the, you know, in the health system right. and had opportunities to do so. Right. Well, Kevin, you you're someone who strikes me as someone who's got a lot of chutzpah. You know what I you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah, I do. You you tend to volunteer for things, yeah. raise your hand, I'll do it. Even if you don't really know the solution, you're gonna figure it out. Tell us a little bit about how that's worked in your career. I think it's I think it's served me well. Um, you know, not feeling like you have to have all the answers to your questions before you're willing to try on a new role or to uh, offer to help in any type of project, serve on a committee, whatever that might be. And um, over the years, um, at one point, something, an instrumental point where I volunteered for a committee is when I said, I want to be a safety rep for the hospital. There was a committee for environment of care. You remember mm -hmm, that? I do. Jim Spielman was a safety manager yeah. and, and I was a safety rep. And our role was to ensure our department met regulatory compliance guidelines and stayed safe and met fire code, things like that. Sure. And then um, Joint Commission, which was our regulatory agency at the time, showed up one day for their unannounced survey. They were inspecting us. And, um, and, and Jim was not able to speak to them. He, he was, something was happening with Jim and he could not speak to the surveyors. And so he recommended that I, as one of his probably 50 different safety reps, speak to the Joint Commission surveyors. So I did, and I think I did an okay job. I was very nervous. And, um, and when, the, when the session was over, uh, Jerry McConnell, who just recently retired, uh, walked up to me, shook my hand, introduced himself, and said, thank you for volunteering. We needed someone to speak to safety, and, and Jim couldn't be here. And so I said, and this was probably super obnoxious, but I said, <laughs> Jerry, I'm Kevin Matson, and I would love to call you boss. And he started <laughs> laughing and said, what are you talking about? And I said, you know, we're, we're growing as a system. I'm really passionate about safety. I think Jim needs some help. Hire me to help Jim. And, and I'll learn more about safety and, and, um, and, and we can help grow this program. And so Jerry was considering that and at the same time, Jim needed to relocate out of state for, for something else and he resigned. And so I was in the right place at the right time, <laughs> but only because I said, mm -hmm. can I serve on this committee was that original decision that right. positioned me for that. Right. And then it was, we need somebody to speak to Joint Commission. And I said, I'm willing to do it. I, I don't know what they're gonna ask me I don't know what I'm really getting into here, but I'll, I'll put myself out there and, and take a chance. And thankfully, I've had a lot of people take a chance on me over the years, mm -hmm. so I think it goes both ways. It does, and I think you were in, a, in an environment that fostered that and allowed that for folks to kind of raise their hand and say, let me try. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let me just try and see what happens. Um, how is everything going post-COVID? I mean, we went through three years of really just probably the most difficult time in healthcare, in my opinion. Now, we're, are we coming out of it? How has your role changed? How are you guys feeling about everything? What's what's going on? What's your current state? You know, one thing I think with COVID that I would encourage people, um, it, it it made us all reflect on, you know, our work-life balance. How much time are we spending with our sure. families versus work? And I think a lot of people reflected on what's really most important in their lives. And then I think, unfortunately, some people may have, you know, swung in one direction where. They, they want to be at work for the exact amount of time they're supposed to be at work, and then they want to disconnect and, and focus fully on their personal life. And I have no judgment towards that whatsoever, but I think we might have swung a little bit too far. And, and for me personally, um, what you're able to give the organization really is what we're able to give patients and what right. we're able to give back to the community and how we, how we are stewards for this organization mm -hmm. and, and care for the organization. And so I love to swing us a little bit back towards the middle yeah. um, because um, the discretionary effort that we can all give in our roles 
maybe a little bit beyond what's absolutely re required, right? But it's that discretionary effort that is where our organization thrives and right. it's where our patients and community thrive as well. And so I, I'd, I'd love to see us find a little more balance there. Interesting, how about you, Tara? How are you holding up? Um, you're right, it was, it was a difficult time, I think, not only for you know, the hospitals, but I think it was a difficult time for our community. I think there were a lot of, a lot of unknowns, especially at the beginning, and it was, a very, it was a very scary time because we didn't know really what we were dealing with. Um, I think, um, and I think we all, we all really came together, but I've seen that throughout the history of the hospital, as long as I've been there, anytime there's been anything that has impacted the community or the hospital, there's really that you know, banding together of staff and of, of community leaders. Right. And, you know, we have such great um, support in our community. So I, I agree with Kevin. I do think we, um, everyone did take a step back um, and kind of look at what their lives were like and, and maybe made some changes in it. But I think the, um, as far as the nursing staff, that was a very difficult time. And I think nursing was particularly impacted by that. And we did see a lot of nursing staff leave, not the organization, but they, they left the nursing field. So they just left, they, they decided they just could not. And I, I agree with Kevin, no judgment <coughs> there. You know, that's a very, it was a very stressful time for nursing staff. So I feel like it, um, it, they made the right decision for them. We hope that they are able to you know, reconcile some feelings and sure. come back at some point because nursing, for most people, it, it is a calling. It is, like you said earlier, it is something that you, you're almost not complete without it if you are a, you know, if you're a nurse. You just, right. It's just part of who you are. Right. And you're a great example of nursing going in a completely new direction as well. So your field can really touch on almost every aspect of patient care, whether Absolutely. it's bedside or, or construction. I will say that there were some tremendous things that happened during COVID that, that bonded many of us together in a, oh, yeah. in a um, you know, kinship that will last many years. And I think okay. about new relationships that were made, again, that were formed through really difficult emotional situations where we came together and said, mm -hmm. I need your help. Can you come help me in this really difficult situation? And then that, the relationships that that built are, are you know, will you know, we'll carry forward, you know, for the rest of our lives, probably, you know, if nothing of, else, the memory of them. One of my favorite, um, it sounds terrible to say favorite, but my favorite times through that um, was we were in the Brazelton Hospital and there was a, there was an emergent need to, um, we had some equipment, we had run out of some, some equipment, some carts that we needed to put together. And so um, we had our chief financial officer, we had our president of NGPG, um, Brian Steinitz, Daniel Tuffy, Anthony Williamson, were there, they were in scrubs working, helping patients, helping nursing staff, helping different areas. And we all came together in a hall and we built these carts for, to be able to use for patient care. So I think that speaks yeah. to what you're talking about. People really came together right. and really worked well together. And, and uh, you know, I think we all had a different level of respect for each yeah. other. Absolutely. Can, can I share my most um, memorable story Please. of that time? It was a Saturday, we were in the command center and we were trying to figure out how to manufacture gowns for staff mm -hmm. because no supplier in the nation had them. And Kevin Phelps was there and he was really the mastermind behind it all. And uh, he and I became what I feel like was great friends since then. And we've continued to be strong partners. Uh, but we're in the command center and we were, we were trying on trash bags, thinking that right. somehow we could make gowns out of trash bags. And Elizabeth Larkins walked in and she, she had this look on her face. I'm, I'm pretty sure she had tears in her eyes and she, walked up to the table in a rush, paused, took a breath, and it was almost like she couldn't find the words to say. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, I need help. 
And I said, I, I'll help you. I didn't know what she, she said, come with me, we need to get you scrubs. So as we were going to the, the scrub closet, I still wasn't sure you know, what was needed. And the issue was at the time, there were patients who were um, going into cardiac arrest from COVID and other patients who were, were at the end of their life and they were dying from COVID. And there weren't enough staff to both resuscitate the patients that needed immediate resuscitation or, and also help families through electronic means watch videos of their family as they were taking their last breath. Mm. And so Elizabeth needed just extra hands to be there. So, you know, she, which was a, a wonderful blessing on my life for her to do that because I got to be with some families who were, um, you know, their grandfather was dying and I got to be with him. Otherwise he would have been alone. So it was, you know, you don't forget that. No, and the relationships don't. that that forms um, are, 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 you know, lifelong. Right, sure. and they, they say that folks that are in a traumatic situation together, whether it be work or otherwise, will be bonded for life, and that Absolutely. is so true. And we've all had challenges in healthcare way before the pandemic, and Tara, I know you have a very touching story that you wanted to share about Mrs. Golden. Yes. Do you wanna tell us about that? So um, my children, um, when we're from the North Hall area, and so okay. Mount Vernon Elementary School is where Ms. Golden was the counselor, and she'd been the counselor there for years and years. She and her husband were both um, school teachers and so um, I was a nursing supervisor. I tended to work on the weekends a lot of time and so what that meant was I really um, had oversight of the hospital campus at that time. We only had the Gainesville campus and so any any major thing that happened, staffing decisions, a lot of things were under my purview. Mm -hmm. So um, I just happened to be in the emergency department on Sunday afternoon and um, they brought in this patient and she was of course um, not going to survive, didn't have any identification on, so I went in the, the room to help, and, um, and I knew it was Mrs. Golden, the counselor mm -hmm. at my children's school. And her husband, unfortunately, um, did not survive either. He was um, at the scene of the accident. They didn't bring him to the hospital at that time. So knowing that um, I needed to help in that situation, reach out to her children, as well as some members of the community, but then, of course, we're held by certain HIPAA laws and rules that you cannot really share that kind of information. So we really had to um, get very creative in getting folks there to help her children through a situation that they were going to walk into blind because mm -hmm. you know you have to be sensitive to information you can share with people if they're coming from a long distance. Sure. And um, that was just a really, it was really tough. Every time I, um, we still live in the North Hall area, and there are two crosses right at the intersection. And so I think of that day every, almost every day, because I pass those right. two crosses every right. single day. <clears throat> what a blessing you were there, though. I, I, I hope. I hope that I helped. I bet you did. I hope I helped. It sounds like you did. And, and I wanted to bring that story up because I think it shows an incredible amount of resilience, also with the pandemic. And I think that's something that is needed. Um, as we recruit for, for, for new nurses and physicians and caretakers, what other characteristics would you guys say is really important to have when, when we're looking at our new, our new generation of healthcare um, heroes? Um, I think flexibility is really important. I think, yeah. you know, as you go through, especially as we've come through the pandemic, you know, just being willing to, to learn and um, maybe work in an area that you're not as familiar with. Um, I think that's important. And then I think, you know, of course, if you're coming into healthcare, regardless of where you are in healthcare, I think you have to have compassion. I just, I don't, it's a, it would be very difficult, I think, to work 
in a healthcare setting without that. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. How about you, Kevin? You know, years ago, Kennedy said, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but what, in, you know, and so I think today, you know, society teaches, especially young children to, you know, make sure that you're negotiating for what your employer can do for you mm. and make sure that that negotiation is balanced and fair and, uh, and, and that's fine and, and it is important. Um, but I would encourage people and to answer your question, what's needed, I think healthcare employees have to embrace that we're here partly because of our character, who we are, what we have to give others. And it's not about every day reconciling, you know, did I get out of this right. what I put into it? Because you're always putting more into it than what you're getting out. But if that's part of who you are and part of your character and what, what leaves you going home each day saying, you know, I'm really proud of what I was able to offer and what I was able to achieve today. Because whether or not the balance works out in the end and it's 100% and it's reciprocal, doesn't matter if you're proud of yourself right. and you're proud of what you're what you're giving back. It's a servant. Exactly. Attitude, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So you. That's perfectly. That's yes. perfect. You know, am I am I a servant to mm -hmm. you know what I'm doing and right. um, so. Right. There's a lot of <clears throat> exciting things happening at NGMC. We have a new tower coming up. We there's just so much happening. Would you what what is your I guess best achievement or something that you are really excited about up until this point? I, I think you mentioned Brazel, opening Brazelton. I did. Yeah. I did. That yeah. was something, you know, again, going back to, you know, milestones throughout the history that I've been with the medical center, I think that was something that, again, it brought so many people together because that was a big project. You know, we it was, it was termed a no-fail project. You know, we all knew going into it that Brazelton had to open. It had to open by a certain date, had to be ready to open. So, um, and it really took the entire system helping us to be sure that we were able to achieve that. Right. But it was such a great time. You know, everyone was just so excited. It was a brand new hospital. Um, and we just, and we had um, implemented some processes there that we had really never done anywhere in the outside of that before. And so um, it was, I, I just, I look back at that time and we just really, you know, we rode a high for several months after that. That's after great. It's a beautiful yeah. hospital. It is absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, we always say that, the, you know, we opened Brazelton and started building again because that is that is very nearly the truth. You right. know, when we first opened, we just had, um, we had two floors of inpatient and then we had our emergency department. But then we quickly added two more floors to the Brazelton Hospital. We added a women and children's section. And now we're expanding even further, doubling the footprint of the emergency department and adding more inpatient floors, as well as support services throughout the ground floor. So it's, you know, it's nice to see that grow. And that was such a need for that particular area of the right. county. And I can sense your excitement about it. I know, I'm sorry, I was trying to rein no, it in a little bit. No, don't rein it in. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> amazing. Yes, it's it so is. needed. It is, it's so, so needed. And the people are just, it's just wonderful to be able to do that. That's you know, great. For the community, yes. That's wonderful. How about you, Kevin? So do you want to know what I'm most excited that we've accomplished as an organization or more a personal achievement? I think, I think a personal achievement yeah. would be kind of cool to hear. You know, I think for me, um, the the personal achievements that mean the most to me are anytime um, anyone that I've ever worked closely with under my areas of responsibility have been promoted and have okay. have met their professional goals are right. the things that are most meaningful to me. Right. Um, I often tell my team, you know, I have no idea how long we'll be together, but when when it comes to an end, whether I move on or you move on, I want you to reflect back on our time to say when I worked with Kevin. I grew, I developed, I became a better version of me than, than when we first came together. And so I can think back through, you know, we have some nurse managers who I've right. worked closely with that were promoted. 
Um, you know, I have others who have been promoted through uh, different administrative roles, and um, to see them, it's, it's, I feel like it's my way of giving back to the, um, the mentorship that I've had over my years because I've had so many. Right. I think, in fact, if you ask a lot of uh, experienced nurses, they wouldn't call themselves a mentor to me. They would say they were my adopted mother. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, true. Jan Welchel yes, you know, just yes. retired in January, and she would probably call herself my adopted yes. mother, but she was also a mentor over the years. And so anyone who um, has, especially those who have said to me, I want to do something more. I want to grow. I want to develop. I want to take on a more of a leadership role. Mm -hmm. And then we've intentionally worked on that together. That's right. um, definitely an area of, of um Achieve, a personal achievement for me. Although it was their doing, it's what they achieved. It's I take great delight in it. That's wonderful. Uh, well, as as we close up, I was I would like to know what you want to tell the community. What what kind of words would come to mind when you think about our amazing community that supported us through the pandemic, that we continue to take care for. Um, we you know if they have challenges, there are challenges. Is there a message that you'd like to give to our community at this time? I would course say thank you for the support and for really the trust um, that they place in us and would also um, you know reassure them that through thousands of very small things that occur every day in the hospital we have a, an organization full of people who care deeply about our community and care about how uh, we impact those that we serve and it's through those you know thousands if not hundreds of thousands of uh, little efforts that are made every day um, in the in the spirit of caring for our community um, is what helps us be successful. That's great. I agree, and I think you know to tag on to that. Um, very very well said. I can't. I don't think anything is too small. You know, I think anything that is done. You know, coming in and staying with a um, with your loved one at the bedside. You know, we we appreciate that. You know, we appreciate everything. You know, I think people think in terms of like large contributions or heroic acts, but oftentimes, like Kevin said, it is the small things. It is just, it's coming in, being there. You know, for, for a bedside nurse or someone who comes in the room, it's just saying, thank you for what you're doing. You know, that, that goes such a long way for people who are taking care, because I don't know that they always feel appreciated. Sure. So just mm -hmm. to hear those words, I think is just, is, it goes a very long way. I love that. Thank you. Thank you both for your time. I loved hearing your stories. And thanks everyone for watching. And please, if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to our Health Perspectives podcast. And we'll see you next time. Take care.